Shut up and sit down. I am a, a radical libertarian. And we don't want the government to do a damn thing. The current state of politics is unsustainable. Politically, economically. You deserve better. It is about supporting, platforming, and, and assisting the people who are out here actually doing the fight. You just take an issue that's important to you and do something. There you go. You are part of that declaration against tyranny. Because no one brings tear gas to a gunfight. This conversation gives me a little more hope for the future. The one, the only. The fight for liberty. This is the cherry on top. This is FSM. Hello, fighters. Welcome back to Fight for Liberty Live. I am your host, not live, I guess. Not not this week. Um, Fight for Liberty, not live. I'm your host, David Fight, And tonight we are in studio with my best friend and business partner. Uh, and I'm super excited to get into that. But first, let's show some love to our sponsors. First up, yeah, this one, Blood of Tyrants Wine. If you are looking for a nice night in while also sipping on the blood of your enemies and supporting the destruction of your tyrannical state, Look no further than Blood of Tyrants Wine, a nice Merlot distributed by activists you know and love. Bloodoftyrants.wine is the place to go. Use promo code FSM to get 10% off your first order. And uh, that is, again, bloodoftyrants.wine. Uh, you can click the link in the description. And then definitely use promo code FSM to support the network, support the show. Uh, and again, this blood is or not this blood this wine is uh is from cool people like we we've covered this shit on the show a bunch of times over so go go show some love next up we've got crafton business services uh crafton is dedicated to helping entrepreneurs start grow and maintain their businesses by providing a wide variety of products and services to make your business more efficient manageable and profitable Crafton understands how frustrating getting your business off the ground can be. That's why they've put together their business in a box solutions to turn your idea or side hustle into a fully functioning company in one place for one transparent cost. So for under $1,000, you can get your corporate filing, registered agents, logo, business cards, marketing strategy, and accounting consultation to get you started on the right foot. All of that is just $9.99 plus state theft. Uh, and if you're looking for a little bit more than that, you can add a custom website, web hosting, more marketing material, more time with our marketing team, more time with their bookkeeping team, and your first box of business cards for $24.99, again, plus state theft. If you already have a business, Crafton can help you grow to new levels with targeted marketing campaigns, affiliate programs, website and social media redesigns, and more to make your business less of a headache. And uh, with uh, streamlined accounting, tax prep, and compliance, uh, it can make your life way more simpler uh, and again make your business more profitable easier to manage so go on over to crafton.us to learn more if you want to start a company that is crafton.us slash start uh, to get those business in a box packages and again use promo code fsm to help support the network uh, but now without further ado on to the show activist serial entrepreneur and northeastern regional organizer for you are the power mr tom pinkasov welcome to the show thank you for having me i'm very excited to be here. i am very excited to have you here this is going to be this is going to be fun um so i always start out with uh like testimonial type question so i'm curious uh when did you realize that you were a libertarian oh man that is a really great question because i think i've always known my entire life that i was uh, a libertarian, and I had a problem with authority. Is really more of it. I, you know, I, I usually identify as an anarchist. That's the, the word that I choose. 
Um, and, you know, just growing up, some of the earliest memories I have is that an adult would tell me to do something and I would respond, well, you can't tell me what to do. You're not my dad. You know, that kind of thing. And so that's really kind of blossomed into this, you know, huge, uh, you know, symptom of, uh, you know, oppositional defiance disorder of where I just will not listen to authority because I don't think that anyone should have the right to tell me what to do or how to live my life. And so, you know, I, ever since I've had consciousness, especially since becoming a teenager and, you know, having adult thoughts in my brain, you know, beyond just coloring and, and cartoons, I have always, uh, you know, been really big on not only fighting the man myself, but helping other people fight the man and live their lives to the to the fullest and the freest. Nice, nice. I uh, can definitely relate there. <laughs> Very early stages of life is, uh, you know, no one's no one's really like me. It's weird though, because I I used to both be like the class clown, like like you're saying, like fuck authority person, and a teacher's pet, consistent. <laughs> Like I, I, I wrote that like middle ground there for a while, and it was very strange. I was like, fuck you, but I still want to be your favorite student. I still want to be the best <laughs> in the class. Like my, comp my competitiveness trumped my ODD for like the first eight grades, and then it started to finally go the other way. <laughs> I think for me it was that part of my, you know, resistance to authority is that I didn't want to feel like a little kid and that, you know, because I was a kid, I had to do what all the grown-ups said. And so when there were teachers who respected me and treated me like an adult and, you know, gave me human respect, um, a lot of them I'm still friends with to this day um, because I, I had no issue with their authority because it wasn't just strictly based on I do, you know, I tell you what you do and you do what I say. That's not, you know, how it worked. And so when there was respect involved, when it was voluntary, then yeah, I was I was also able to be a teacher's kind of not really a teacher's pet myself but kind of go in that direction because I didn't feel like I was being you know violated yeah yeah that's fair because um, yeah it's it's that like classic libertarian philosophy of like uh, of consent culture right like of like I'm I'm okay with this authority because you're smarter than me uh, in in plenty of ways you know like especially it's similar with bosses i feel like in in a lot of my experience i'm uh not always like boss boss like head guy like fuck most of the ceos i've ever worked for but uh like my direct supervisor it's like you're the one training me you're the one who uh, i has to be in a good mood when i ask for pto and like so i'm gonna be the best person to you because like i'm okay with this you're paying me you're the one that signs my, my actual paychecks so like this is a consensual agreement and i'll do what you tell me to do and maybe talk a little bit of shit behind your back but like right obviously not you <laughs> well uh you know it, it's funny that you say that um i do want to uh take this opportunity real quick um you're gonna hear a lot of words coming from my mouth uh especially of the political nature on this show uh anytime i say that i am a libertarian i am an anarchist i think any particular thoughts about any particular politicians i want to make this clear up front i do not speak for you are the power the organization you are the power is a nonpartisan 501c3 and 501c4 organization uh so anything i say is my personal opinion and does not necessarily respect the views of any organization that i'm part of or my employer which is myself <laughs> which is myself i love that um that's fun to say isn't it <laughs> it it is very fun to say uh entrepreneurship is the best form of activism period um you're the power close second i agree uh, <laughs>
And so now Jason's going to kill us. Um, fuck him. Uh, love you, Jason. Uh, the, the one person I know for a fact is going to watch this episode. Um, so speaking of helping other people fight the man, let's just get right into it. Um, you're currently helping Friends Feeding Friends in Clarksburg, West Virginia. Yes. Um, tell me who they are and then how they came into contact with you. Sure. So Friends Feeding Friends is a community organization made up of grassroots activists in Clarksburg, West Virginia. Uh, it's a small town of about, I think, 16,000 people in the North Central Virginia area or West Virginia area. Um, they conduct a very simple activity. Every Wednesday at 6 p.m., they meet outside of a church in downtown Clarksburg, and they partner with local organizations, other churches, other volunteer groups, local universities and hospitals, uh, and they basically create a uh, public dinner. It's a, uh, you know, open to the public dinner that is frequented by a lot of homeless families, a lot of people who are below the poverty line, a lot of people who are struggling with addiction to opiates, um, and, and meth has recently become a, a major epidemic in the area. So these are people who are down on their luck, and so they can look forward to a hot meal once a week. There's also other organizations there that provide information on detox and rehab programs. They distribute Narcan. Um, there is a prayer circle there uh, because it is, uh, you know, sponsored by a church or, or I don't think it's sponsored technically, but there are a few churches that volunteer there. So it's a really great resource for the community and the underprivileged people in that community. Um, and so recently they are—they have been facing a little bit of trouble from their city government and, and some of their neighbors. And essentially what it comes down to is that they were being harassed by police. They were told that, you know, hey, you need this license. You need a uh, food handler's license to do this. They called the health department. Turns out that was a lie. Uh, they actually had a police officer who arrested one of the homeless people for walking a bicycle the wrong way down a one-way street, which is absolutely ridiculous. And so um, they got a lot of this attention from the, the city. And at one point, there was an ordinance about uh, three weeks ago, the city council voted on an ordinance that would have stopped them from serving the food on the sidewalk. Now, luckily, that passed, uh, the, or that failed, luckily, three to four. Uh, it did not pass. But, you know, the immediate repercussions of that was retaliation, uh, and they got more police attention for a while, including uh, the gentleman who, who got the ticket for the bike. Um, there are some local government officials who have been on their side and pledged their support, but so far all we're really seeing is the city pretending that this has nothing to do with them when it's very clear retaliation. Yeah, I mean, without without government, who would tell you that you can't, give out the food that you have to people that are hungry yeah i mean it's it's in the name it's friends feeding friends that's what the organization is that's what they do uh you know it, it's it's just friends ridiculous feeding friends so yeah i mean it without government who would stop friends from feeding friends and so do we know why um i guess do we know why there this is going on but the the ordinance failed those those two things seem it seems weird that you know it's in, in a lot of the other towns that were that you're the powers working in like columbia and and you know some of these other shitty places that are doing shitty things uh we're seeing mo the majority of city council is on board with this and an ordinance like that would have actually passed in um well, what's the one in north carolina uh, gastonia gastonia right like gastonia city council would have passed that ordinance straight up um do it, why why is the city council and the police so like not on the same page here so there's a few factors there 
Um, one is that the ordinance wasn't entirely about friends feeding friends, and it was a, a fairly uh, strict ordinance that would have put a lot of, of, you would have given the police a lot of freedom uh, to cite people for doing things on the sidewalk. Um, but it was pretty close to, to the middle. It was three to four. So that's not a huge difference. It really was just one person. Um, now, I've spoken to a lot of city councilors, and, you know, they... Um, or a lot of city officials. I've spoken to a city councilor. I've spoken to the city manager uh, and and other organizers from friends friends meeting friends have spoken to other city councilors and a lot of them are in support. Um, and you know, one city councilman told me uh, last week that he considered the matter done. You know, the sidewalk ordinance failed and he didn't want the city to pursue this. Yeah. Um, but what it came down to is that the city manager, Tiffany Fell, um, who has only been in the city for a few months, she's actually originally Canadian, um, she's only been in the city for a few months, and she seems to have this vendetta. I thought they were supposed to be nice. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know, but you know what? I, I will give her credit. Um, I had a, a phone call with Miss um, Fell yesterday. Um, she was actually... She did seem to be pretty, you know, open to sitting down and, and having this conversation. So we actually have brokered a sit down meeting with her next week, which we're really hopeful about. Um, but like I said, so far, I haven't seen any action. I haven't seen any work to actually get to a resolution here. I've only seen the government using government resources to stop people from feeding their friends. So how did um, how did these people, uh, friends feeding friends, find you and you the power that you are? I'm not the power. You are the power. Um, so we have a very similar case in a city called Columbia, South Carolina, um, where there is an organization called Be Kind, Be Great. That is. I'm getting a... these two mixed up so much because their names are even like, like I love both names, but they're both like really corny and similar-ish. And like I, every time Jason tells me about one or the other, I'm like, wait, which one are we talking about here? Yeah, so there are two separate organizations. Um, one is in North Car or South Carolina, one is in West Virginia. The one in South Carolina is called Be Kind, Be Great. It's run by a very talented woman named Erica Brown. Um, and they had a very mm. similar issue. They were feeding homeless people in their community, uh, and the city said, nope, you can't do that here. And they said, yes, we can, and we're going to fight you. Um, so Spike Cohen, the founder of the organization, he went out and yelled at their city council a little bit, and he made a very passionate appeal um, and said, hey, you know, who are you to tell these people to stop feeding their neighbors? Um, that video went kind of mini viral. It definitely went pretty viral in the like liberty sphere of, of social media. Um, and Fuck the yeah. organizers of Friends Feeding Friends came across that video and they said, hey, that sounds just like us because this is happening in cities in all 50 states. All over the country, cities, towns, and counties are doing things like this. And so they're not the only ones, but they're the ones who reached out to us um, and we were able to get in touch and get working on their case. Fuck yeah. Uh, I feel like that's like the the goal, right, of You Are the Power is to be so popular that people are able to come to us. Um, and like part of the, the whole thing is like a network of people that can find these organ like and, and you'll know, be parts of a community that something like this is happening in and be able to bring it to because like Gastonia, we've actually got somebody there, right? Yes. Um, and like that, that's a cool thing, too. But like this, I find slightly cooler because it's like oh these people might be able to help us and then we actually might be able to help them and uh that's pretty cool so tell me what you're gonna do to help sure um so so first of all i just want to you know comment on that you know point of that's our goal and, and really that's what it is you're the power is not actually here 
to make change in small communities. We are here to empower people to make change in their communities. You know, we're here to support organizations like Be Kind and Be Great, like Friends Feeding Friends, and like every other organization that we've supported around the country, uh, both in West Virginia, in South Carolina, and every other state. You know, we are in every state of this country, and we actually have some international members, which is really cool. Um, Fuck yeah. Yeah, so, uh, you know, we do you have Any a lot in canada that can say keep your fucking shitty city managers up there um we're we're not going to to talk down on our canadian members because I'm, i do believe we have a few <laughs> sorry canada i um, actually do love you canada i love you please don't stop me from crossing the border please i love canada yeah not that much but like i like you as a friend <laughs> <laughs> i mean tim hortons though like I do love Tim Hortons romantically. Yeah. Thank, thank you, Canada, for giving all of your best things to upstate New York, so I don't actually have to go to you. Except upstate New York's not that cool, but it's fine. No, but it still has Tim Hortons. It is the is... home of Free Speech Studios. There we go. Where we are sitting right yeah. now. Well, I mean, technically Delaware is the home of Free Speech Media Corp. Delaware's the legal home. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Uh, so... Yeah. So now, now tell me what what you're gonna what you're gonna do about it. Sure. Absolutely. So uh, the first thing I did was get on a uh, phone call with the organizers of Friends Feeding Friends. Actually, Jason, um, our volunteer director, got on a phone call with them, and he talked to them, and you know, vetted the story, figured out that this was something that we can actually help with. We don't take every case. Um, and he asked them to pretty much put every bit of information that they can into an email and send that email to me. So I got that email. And I said, hmm, what can I do here? I got on a Zoom call with the organizers, met them, figured out what they know, what they need to know, what they could you know that they don't know that they need to know, you know, that kind of thing. Um, because, you know, it's, it's, it's like the cliche of you, you don't know what you don't know. You know, these are people whose thing is feeding their community. You know, I, one of them, I believe, works in a dental office. Another works in the airport. These people aren't professional activists, you know, which is why you're the power is there is we have the, the training of activism, the experience of activism. We can help people like that. So Kevin, Karen and Michelle, those are the three wonderful people that run this organization. If you're listening to this, I love you guys. Um, Kevin, Karen, and Michelle uh, got on a phone call with me, and they told me everything that's been happening. And the first thing I said is, great, let's get to war. Hmm. And we started drawing up hmm. our battle plan. War. Um, now, Friends Feeding Friends is a little different than some of the other cases that we take because it's a little more complicated than what I've said so far. There is also a little bit of a dispute with one of the business owners nearby. It isn't entirely the city um, that is... The problem, you know, if we if we get the city entirely addressed and the issues that have come from the city or the police department, there's still a little more to it. It's a very complicated case, but your the power specifically deals with government overreach, so that's what I'm going to focus on here. Um, now they had a peace march that was already planned, and we decided to go uh, through with that. That happened last Thursday, I believe that was September 21st. Um, they had a or no, that might have been the Thursday before that. Two Thursdays before? September 7th. That's when it was. Um, September 7th, there was a peace march. They had just over 80 people, 82 people, I believe, registered uh, when they came to the uh, start point of this rally. They marched through downtown and stopped outside of the municipal building where the city council meets. 
Um, they had uh, some news coverage. Uh, the local newspaper, which is the Exponent Telegram, and a local TV station both covered uh, this rally. Uh, they actually, uh, I, I believe one of the, the media people actually like told them, hey, if you go stand under those windows, the city council can hear you inside. Um, and so they went and, and did that, um, which it was actually a little Gotta heartbreaking. Gotta love when the press is like actually cool. Yeah. Absolutely. I remember there was a, a one particular cameraman for the Fox affiliate in Chicago when I was working on a campaign out there. Um, he would, you know, whenever he showed up, we knew that like no matter what went wrong, he would cover us. Well, it was great. Um, Honestly, like fuck Fox as an outlet, but every local reporter and cameraman that I have met from Fox has been fucking fantastic. Uh, like. Everyone that I've worked with, uh, like on the Tulsi campaign especially, because we had media like everywhere always. Whoops. Um, and the like Fox and ABC were by far my favorites. And they, they were like always really cool. ABC chick literally brought me a cupcake on my birthday huh. when I was on the Tulsi campaign. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I, I had a lot of um, interactions with the, the local media, especially in Chicago, and I actually realized that the radio um, journalists were really the coolest, in my opinion. Um, WCPT especially was, was so much fun to work with. Thank you. I'm going to need this. <laughs> but Can't um, do podcasts without weed, guys. Like, if, if anybody runs a sober podcast, it's probably trash. Just kidding. <laughs> like, all of my favorite podcasters are sober actually i was gonna say yeah <laughs> but um hashtag stand with russell brand Jeez. <laughs> he speaks for himself i i don't do or do not stand for russell brand and neither does you or the power or does or does not does not yeah that's not government overreach just yet not quite yeah. um <laughs> So uh, back to, to the game plan. Um, mm -hmm. We said, hey, you know, what happened when, when they stood outside the windows of the city council? And the city council could hear them inside. And the mayor um, just decided to, hey, if you're wondering what's going on outside, it's Friends Feeding Friends is protesting us. And a few people laughed. And, and, and you know, I, I watched that clip and I said, you know, this is heartbreaking. The city council is laughing at the concept of a neighborhood, you know, community group um, begging for their right to continue feeding their friends, you know, and so so it was it was an, terrible for the mayor to make a snide remark like that, and it was even worse for the city council to laugh at it. And so when I saw that, I said, okay, well next time we're coming inside, you know. Fuck yeah. Um, so they don't like us outside. Next time we are coming inside, and so we decided to plan another protest now this time uh, we are holding it right at the municipal building it's happening next thursday which is october 5th at 5 p.m that's an hour before so the city council meeting starts we are going to hopefully have about a hundred or so people ideally we have a little more than what we had last time you know we'll see what plays out with people's work schedules and such um, but we're going to be out there for an hour leading up to the city council meeting and we're also going to walk our merry butts inside and we're going to talk to them and I said this to the city manager when I spoke to her on the phone yesterday. We all want an amicable resolution. Every single one of us is ready to come to a resolution that we can all walk away from happy and continue serving the community and satisfy any issues that there might be. Yeah. 
We're ready to do that. There was one time when they said, "Hey, you're a, a not a, you know a, you're a not for profit, but you need to file this form." So they went and filed that form. Everything they've been told they need to do to get into compliance, if they weren't already, has been done. But if there's anything else, we'll do it. We are happy to come to a resolution that everyone can walk away from and be satisfied. And I said this to the city manager. I said, if you work with us and we do this, I will be the first person to walk in there. And during the public comment, I will say thank you. But if you do not do this and you continue to get in our way, I will walk into your city council meeting and I will say everything you have done so that everyone in your city knows what you have done. Everyone will know. Everyone in Clarksburg will know. That city that you've been in for a few months since you moved in from the uh, Old North, every one of your new constituents is going to know everything that you have done to prevent friends from feeding their friends. Because we're not going to stop. We're not going to take it. We're going to win and we're going to prosper. Fuck yeah. I, one of the things that I think is the coolest about You Are the Power and like the way that Spike has been doing everything like so far and you know, uh, Jason and now you are going to be doing uh, is, and even like uh, Chase in, in Atlanta with the uh, uh, Cop City stuff is another great example. Um, he's in my intro with, with that speech, which is fun. Um, I, I think it's important for people to watch what happens in their city council. I know I haven't always, and like I, I move around a lot, so my city council isn't always my city council, and I don't always care because I'm only there for like six weeks. But um, it, I feel like most of the people who would also be interested in something like Friends Feeding Friends uh, or You Are the Power or something like that are the type of people that if they see a protest outside of a city council meeting, like most people know at least vaguely like what day of the week their city council meets and everything. Um, if they see what they know is a, a protest outside of city council, uh, they're going to go over and figure out what the fuck's going on. They're going to go inside. They're going to hear it. They're going to like do something about it. And and I think like, like you said, uh, you're going to make sure that they know what you're fucking doing and make sure that your constituents know. And the people that are actually going to show up and vote her out are going to show up and do something about it. And I think it's cool that we're like bringing it right to their fucking home turf. That's I think one of my favorite parts. Yeah. Like I said, you know, I, I, I live in New York city, right? I don't live in Clarksburg, West Virginia. It's about a 400 mile drive from where I live to Clarksburg. Um, and it seems to me that from 400 miles away from an eight hour drive away, I care more about the Clarksburg city people, the unhoused people in Clarksburg, than the Clarksburg City Council does. That's what it seems like to me. Because they have had every opportunity to fix this. They have had every opportunity to approach these organizers and say, hey, we want to help you make sure you're doing this right. Instead, they've been harassed, they've been threatened. The pastor of the church that houses the, these uh, operations, these dinners, has been threatened. It's appalling. Yeah, and, and are these threats coming from mostly cops, right? Uh, no, they're actually in a lot of ways coming from city officials. 
Um, there was one city official who actually, he did the opposite of a threat. He uh, told them that he would give them city grant money to move to a different neighboring town. They said, oh, you can go to Bridgeport or Nutterford. Um, and, you know, Clarksburg is a small town surrounded by a few other small towns. So all of these towns are in proximity, but these are people from Clarksburg. They want to support their own community. They don't want to be run out of town because that's what the city is really trying to do. They see that a lot of the people who come to this dinner are suffering from a drug addiction. And so they just want to get rid of the drug addicts from their town. Their mindset isn't, hey, we have drug addicts in our town. We need to rehabilitate them and help them. No, their mindset is, hey, Here's an opportunity to get them to a different town nearby so they're not our problem anymore. Let's make them Bridgeport's problem. <laughs> Let's make them Bridgeport's problem. Have we talked to Bridgeport about how they feel about it? Uh, we have not. That sounds like a fun conversation. Bridgeport is also a very small town. The most you know, interesting thing there is the FBI has uh, a major office there for their like records division. Um, so when the most interesting thing in your town is a records division of a federal agency... <laughs> records division know. um part of me like would want to like call up the mayor of bridgeport and be like hey you know your neighbors are fucking assholes <laughs> trying to like just uh i mean i mean we're seeing that all over the country though especially with like the the, the immigration uh problem is like a lot of people are just like hey we can bust these motherfuckers somewhere else yeah. and even new york city is doing that like florida's busing people to new york city and dropping them off and new york city's like all right we're gonna bust them to like fucking ithaca or binghamton or cortland or somewhere else stick them in a fucking holiday Inn express and call it a day and it's just, uh and and we're seeing the same thing with the homelessness problem too a lot of times the homeless people in the area will get caught up in the same buses uh from like miami and and, and orlando and th those types of cities where it's heavily migrant but like what the fuck kind of mentality do you have to have to be like yeah we can just yeet these people and it won't be a problem anymore and no like especially th we're talking west virginia and like i love west virginia it's a beautiful fucking state but opiate and another like drug addiction is a rampant problem in that area like west virginia virginia tennessee like that whole belt is just like meth belt like we know this like oh, like heroin highway goes right through there you're not going to just bust this problem away like your re your constituents your residents are consistently succumbing to like they're becoming part of this like uh and like even where i live here in oswego is like a, a meth town um that people are like oh well let me try some molly and then it's like really cut with meth and now they're fucking meth addicts because they want to just like have a good weekend with their wife because they've been married for 14 years and it's kind of stale so they're like hey let's throw some molly into this now the whole couple like lives under the bridge and this is a thing that happens over and over again you're not just going to yeet them to Fulton and then like that that's never going to happen again it's I don't know well also let's you know let's forget about getting rid of the problem because the fact of the matter is these are our neighbors what happened to politicians being of the people and for the people you know what now happened you sound like Tulsi <laughs> <laughs> of for and by the people right well you know what she was right about that because you know we're supposed to elect leaders who are, are part of the community and want to help the community, not get rid of a part of the community that they don't like. They need to stop seeing themselves as an upper class of people. 
that's the major problem with government in this country is they think of themselves as better than us. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I don't know that that's necessarily inherently a government issue. Um, not to be like devil's advocate or whatever, but I feel like it's a, it's a catch twenty two kind of uh, worsening factor. But I feel like a lot of these people, like this city manager woman, um, I have I have a strong feeling that she was also a bitch in her last town you know what i mean like like the type these types of people are a lot of times these types of people most of their lives like they're the fucking regina georges of their high school and then they turn into uh you know their mom's probably the hoa president and was like i'm gonna be hoa president and then they become like you know president of the school board or whatever or like a city manager or maybe a mayor or a city councilman a lot of these people have these issues they're, they're just shitty people in general and then they get into powers of uh they get the power of government in their hands and it becomes worse uh and they can actually like do things that harm people uh, but i i don't know if it's necessarily like i don't think government necessarily is the reason that these people are doing these kinds of things i think they're just obnoxious controlling like if i could just be in control of everything and like you and I both know members of the LP that are like this. Like, if I was just president, then it would be all fine. Um, and they're delusional because it doesn't ever work. But uh, I, I think a lot of these people are just corrupt in their soul. <laughs> I, I agree. Um, but I don't think that it – I think it's kind of both and um, because I think that the the position of being a government official attracts, in a lot of cases, people who are like that. You know, like there, there's a, a joke that I, I want to retell and I can't remember it, but basically the punchline is that the people who don't have any other skills other than having a superiority complex, they're the ones who go into politics. And honestly, I agree with that um, because if if you really want to be elected and you, you crave that power, you're not doing it because you want change. You're doing it because you crave that power. That's why you're doing it um, because yeah. that way you can bully people mm -hmm. and get away with it. Yeah. Politicians are bullies. There's yeah. a sound bite for you. Yeah. Poly <laughs> fuck yeah. Put, putting that in the new intro. Um, I need to redo the intro. The The glitch effect sound bites are like too loud so you can't hear all of the audio very well. Like I definitely need to redo it. Um, but yeah, I uh, yeah, politicians are fucking bullies. And, and that's kind of my point. It's like a lot of that those people like they were probably bullies in like fucking kindergarten too <laughs> or bullied um, or bullied yeah that's a good point uh a lot of it's like just you wait and then fuck they got into power and uh yeah there's definitely like like george bush jr uh he was, <laughs> he was definitely bullied in, in middle school he was a virgin until he was 24 um is that true i don't know <laughs> probably not because i think he played sports so maybe not but um he's just so dumb i just assume he was bullied jeb probably was jeb definitely was please clap yes finally we have an applause um a seated ovation guys uh, um so tell me a little bit more about how you as the Northeast regional organizer um, are, you know, 
trying to get other people in the Northeast? Because uh, you said like empowering people to to make change. So how are we how are we doing that part? So as an organization, the kind of stage we're in is that in between of where we're kind of still building our our you know. Uh, membership base uh, we've only been open for you know a, a little more than a year I want to say maybe a year and a half at this point um, so we're, we're a fairly new organization so the main thing we're focusing on right now is building out our infrastructure and supporting a limited number of causes to the extent that our resources allow um, as we grow we're going to see more hyper localized versions of me you know, the, with the ultimate goal being uh, that there is a me in Western New York and in New York City and in, you know, Central New York and on the Southern Tier and maybe even one on Long Island. Um, and the same thing in every state, yeah. right? <laughs> um, so we, you know, want to have local level or at least state level organizers in every city because that way you know i want to be waking up every morning and thinking that hey i have this case that we're working on in pennsylvania that's in pittsburgh and i have this other case in portland maine and this other one in you know new haven connecticut and i want it to be an issue for me as to which one i devote more time to supporting that day um, because we have so much stuff going on everywhere and we're not quite there yet you know our resources don't let us go that far but we're really quickly grow growing we're really quickly getting to that point and so that's kind of what we're trying to get towards now if you want to join you are the power visit you are the power.net slash membership and you can join there is a free membership tier or if you really want to support the cause and join the fight uh, you can uh, give us some money um, there's a $25 and I think a 50 and a hundred dollar and you get free stuff get a free t-shirt and all of that little swag bag in the mail um, if you pay us enough money Spike Cohen will personally call you which is really cool um, I declined that call I'm not going to lie because uh, I joined as a member before I was in this before this position was invented uh, and created um, and so he called me and I declined the call because I was at the dentist office um, I think I was at some medical office that's fucking um, hilarious <laughs> but um, I didn't get the you can call. do that you didn't get the call yet. No, I don't know if I did. I don't. I don't know if I had a high enough tier membership when I first signed up. I'll check later. Um, I think I. I think at the beginning I definitely. Um, I signed up as. A, I think I was just on the free tier, like when it was just uh, like, you are the power.net slash start or like spikecohen.net com slash start, with that link. Um, that doesn't even make me remember. Well, you are a member now. That's what what I think whatever I got sent from signing up to that, I like filled it out when I first got the email. Gotcha. And um, but I'm pretty sure I was super duper broke, working for like Pressman, I think at the time, <laughs> or just after that. That's something. Like that. <laughs> or yeah, it had to have been after that. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, uh, definitely didn't get a call from Spike, which is sad. Call me, Dad. I feel like I love yeah, you. You've been on the phone with Spike more than enough times it's it's fine we can skip you i honestly don't know if i've ever had like call, had a phone call with him really um that wasn't like a like when we were in la or in um wherever we were in pennsylvania like like a where are you like 
45 second quick call like at an event together i don't know if i've ever had like a he's at home i'm somewhere out like just like hey what's up <laughs> ever we text i don't think he's ever called me and i don't think i've ever called him i've had a bunch of conversations with him over the phone but we're both basically old jewish men so we spend the first like 10 minutes quetching at each other saying can you hear me like that's not a joke it, it literally is like the first 10 percent of the call is usually can you hear me what about now um, last time I called him, I was in a hospital lobby, or he called me. I was in a hospital lobby, and he was walking past a Wendy's, I think, and there was some wind, and the, there was feedback, and we couldn't hear each other, and we just fetched at each other for most of the call. And then I hung up and called him again, and it was fine. But Makes sense. Yeah. Sounds like our phones. They, they fucking hate us lately. Yeah. Um, T-Mobile, you suck. T-Mobile, I love you. <laughs> um yeah honestly you've so far been pretty dope um mine is it just dropping calls but i think it's just our houses specifically I so um, i think my house is haunted and doesn't want me talking to david yeah so at least it's a good sensible nice ghost that's <laughs> looking out for you <laughs> <laughs> um all right so i think um it was a. Uh, it was technically an error, but I think it was a Freudian slip and a, and a cool thing because you said uh, that we want at least state coordinators in every city. And um, that's I, I think that would be fucking cool if we have literally like 300,000 like town coordinators, organizers, whatever, like literally not just somebody in Buffalo and and Syracuse in New York City, but somebody in Syracuse and Fulton and Oswego. That sounds like a lot of people. That, I mean, that is a lot of people. We're a long ways out from that. But yeah, that's ultimately the goal. Um, what, what, you know, I said was, or what I was trying to say is that at least state, but preferably regional. But yeah, we get to the city point. Uh, absolutely. You know, we want to make sure that we have people everywhere so that no matter where the government tries to step over the line, we will be there to stop it. Yeah. And I think... Um eventually it becomes kind of that the best the best defense is a good offense right um and vice versa is also a popular saying which i find really amusing but uh the 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 end result of that saying is that it's a defense that that eventually towns are going to be like well, we can't do that because you are the power is going to come fuck us up and i kind of like being mayor so maybe we just like don't stop them from feeding the homeless people and we don't even there, there isn't a case because they don't do the thing because they're scared of us because you know we fucked over the town over got their mayor booted out because we like ran a full-on like protest and and let the entire town know what a piece of shit their mayor was and got him ousted and got a new guy in that's like uh, from the organization that they were trying to screw over or whatever because you imagine pastor moses being the mayor that'd be so cool um I would never put that on him, like, because that would suck. I disagree. Karen, Kevin, and Michelle, if you are listening, uh, I want you three to become co-mayors of Clark. <laughs> co-mayors. Yes. I like it. Um, but yeah, um, like, if we if we do that, if if the city council goes the way of like Gastonia, which I think it, it, that, that's pretty much the most egregious one so far, where they've like really doubled and tripled and quadrupled down. Um, 
if if Clarksburg goes the way of Gastonia and we kick them out, get get those three as co-mayors, um, or at least mayor and two two of the members of city council, and uh, get the city planner out and replaced, uh, I don't think Bridgeport is going to try the same thing anytime soon. I mean. I agree, um, and and I was going to make a snarky remark about Bridgeport, but you know what? I have nothing against Bridgeport other than the presence of the FBI. Fuck the FBI. Um, but I believe that you know yeah. that is something that we're working towards, um, but also it's something that's already starting to happen. I mean, one of the first things that Clarksburg City Manager Tiffany uh, Bell said to me over the phone was, I looked up your organization. <laughs> yeah, I figured you might have. Yeah. Um, because when Friends Feeding Friends tried to reach out to you and schedule a meeting, you ghosted them. You ignored them. Um, but when you heard that we were coming to town, when we posted that we were you know, staging a rally in your town, all of a sudden, I get a text from a city councilor that says, hey, the city manager wants to speak with you. What it actually said was, Tiffany wants to know if you want to talk to her. But we all know what that means. It means Tiffany wants to talk to you. And so I texted her and I said, hey, uh, let's talk about this. Got a call not 30 seconds later. I was kind of expecting a text back, to be honest. I was expecting, okay, yeah, no, I'm available this day at this time. She called me immediately. Nice. Maybe because she's scared. I don't know. Nice. And she said, I looked up your organization. Well, I certainly hope you did. Because we're not a... uh, political organization we're not going to campaign against city councilors to make sure they don't get reelected. we don't do that i mean we might i don't know it's not for me to decide i'm not speaking for the organization <laughs> here um but that's not ever going to be the plan we're giving them the opportunity it's theirs to take well i feel like to the point earlier about um you know uh about like speaking and and holding these rallies and stuff like that even if it's not like a specific don't vote for them vote for them there's definitely an element of what we're doing is automatically a smear campaign against politicians in those towns like especially like the the, that one sheriff like that was a i mean fucking spike got called out for uh it being a smear campaign by a couple of his uh like sycophants um especially that one like uh, state assembly candidate who seemed awesome on everything else that one still bothers me um but like like we are basically running smear campaigns against these people so even if even if we're not like objectively political in a way we're still doing our best to make sure that these people aren't getting reelected and that their town knows what's going on and that towns nearby know what go- what's going on and that you know we're posting these videos of of either you or Spike or Jason or somebody else at city council doing these things uh i i think if if we're successful in what we're doing, uh, we we will facilitate these people's replacement, even without actually being a political organization. Not facilitate, but uh, contribute to. Contribute to, yeah. Sure. I mean, you know, I I honestly wouldn't say that we're running smear campaigns. Though I will disagree with that point because what we're really doing is running accountability campaigns and that's, transparency that's a, campaigns. A better way of saying it. Smear campaign is is inherently negative. Um, well, but... it, it's case by case because if you talk about what happened with the sheriff, so for those of you who don't know, uh, Sheriff Nathan Harmon is a uh, sheriff in West Virginia also. This is a, the second case we've had in West Virginia actually. Um, and he used his position as sheriff to try to cover up a drunk driving incident uh, that resulted in an accident on the part of his daughter. 
Uh, and we said, hey, you can't do that. That's nepotism, and that is abuse of your power, and that is illegal and wrong, and let's not let you get away with it. And so we publicized it. We did smear him a little bit. I mean, nothing we said was untrue. You know, we weren't slandering him. Um, but people didn't like it. His supporters, yeah. mostly, didn't like it. I wonder why. Mm. Yeah. I, um... Yeah, that one dude really bothers me. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, no, Alonzo, mean, but... maybe? Something weird like that. Um, but uh, he seemed super cool on so many other things. I hope that we can get him on board eventually. Especially now that... Uh, well, I'll, I'll let you finish your own story. Uh, how did that one end? <laughs> what's what's going on with Sheriff's daughter currently? Uh, I believe she's in state prison now. I, I don't yeah. quote me on that, but I think that that's the case. If not, she's going to be there pretty soon. Mm -hmm. I know. I know it's it's either state or county, but like, yeah, I know she's behind bars. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's not removed from office yet, right? Not quite yet. Now, uh, I I can't speak too much to that case because I wasn't actually directly involved in that one. Mm -hmm. so I don't have too many details to share, but I know that um, he is not going to get away with this. God, these are good, aren't they? They are really good. We yeah. found these, like, charged caffeinated lemonades. Yeah, it's like an energy drink, yeah. but I'm drinking a fucking pink lemonade. It's strawberry lemonade. 140 milligrams of caffeine in it. Also, shout out to um, uh, Brian McWilliams from Lions of Liberty for these koozies, because I love them. They look like a PBR, which is unironically still one of my favorite beers that i drink more often than anything else because i don't drink beer like almost ever it's like maybe three or four times a year and i will still order a pbr at a bar if i'm getting shit based because nostalgia uh, sure <laughs> whatever you say okay no so so there's a specific reason and i don't think i've ever talked about this place on on the on air um there's a bar in Manhattan, still exists, still has a special last time I checked, which was only like a year and a half ago. Um, White Horse Tavern on, uh, I think it's Bridge Street, uh, like down, down downtown, uh, like Wall Street area, um, just around the corner from the Native American Museum, the Smithsonian. Um, it has a $5 house, like well fucking liquor shot and a tall boy PBR special. Um, like still, like I said, like a year and a half ago, that's still what I get charged. Um, maybe it's gone up since then, but it's like the cheapest bar in like the entire southern half of Manhattan, and I love it. And so I've had a lot of PBR for that reason. I mean, considering the New York City dollar slice is now a dollar fifty, I wouldn't be surprised if that's gone up. I mean, yeah, it might have, but uh, but fuck it, it's still got to be like what six, which is still super cheap for a shot and a thing. I used to I used to like just take a bunch of shots and then they would actually send me home with the cans of beer that I, I bought um, which I think has to be illegal but fuck it I'm an anarchist so I don't care I'm just thinking back to that bar at the bowling alley near our place in Fort Wayne that had one dollar mm. Long Islands oh my god that place was great and then that was the, that was the mini golf place yes. too right yes. yeah the blacklight mini golf oh if y'all haven't played Blacklight Mini Golf Drunk, do what you need to. You know what I really want to do is play Blacklight Mini Golf on acid. That just sounds like you'd be really bad. No, I have a feeling because I've done, I've done some vaguely sporting activities under the influence of psychedelics that 
like you get really good in a lot of ways and um i was actually just reading an article the other day about um somebody who pitched a perfect game on mushrooms uh hmm. like major league baseball player right. um and like apparently used to like microdose through most games and it used to be really popular in like especially baseball uh, for a while that they would uh, be on like a small level of, of psilocybin mushrooms to like because the world in some ways seems to slow down uh, and you have a little bit like you think a little bit faster and you're able to I don't know be more aware of your surroundings in my experience like I'm a lot more uh, like hand-eye coordination ready like I, I don't drop things as often when I'm tripping uh, I might knock things over more because like my my balance is off sure. and like I'm I'm kind of stumbling and like walking all over the place. But if I do bump something over, I'm usually like catch it like a ninja. Like and I'm not usually that good. Um, I'm decent hand-eye coordination. Like I used to play volleyball and football and whatnot. But uh, I don't know. I I feel like I feel like you might get better at mini golf on acid. It's possible. I don't know, but. <laughs> trip responsibly trip responsibly and drink responsibly and, uh, yeah and substance responsibly mm -hmm. and uh if at any point you realize you're going too far there's plenty of organizations that will help you like the narcotics anonymous group uh in the church where friends feeding friends does their weekly dinners and if you want to drink responsibly do it with blood of tyrants wine at blood of tyrants wine promo code fsm the best thing to drink responsibly is the blood of your enemies. That was smooth. I like Thank it. <laughs> I should have done a crafting promo when I said uh, entrepreneurship's the best activism. I missed that one. Entrepreneurship is the ultimate form of activism. It really is. It really is. <laughs> As a serial entrepreneur. Yeah. Yes. Uh, financial independence is definitely like the the purest form of independence. And we see that a lot with all sorts of activists. Like, I think the number one killer of activism is poverty. <laughs> People being like, well, I can't do the activisms because I've got to go to work. Um, so, yeah, I, like, I honestly didn't mean to make this like a shameless promo for, for Crafton at all. But since we did, I'll still do the drop down. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, so what I actually wanted to say earlier, there, there's going to be a link in the description. Donate to You Are the Power so that we can be sending people places and be, you know, helping people do these protests and these rallies. Um, like that is one of the biggest inhibitors to the liberty movement. Is way too many people are still just donating to like the, the DNC or the GOP or like a Trump or a Biden or the VEC or an RFK, fuck anyone that's going to waste your money on DNC resources or, or GOP resources. And honestly, at this point in the election cycle, uh, donate to the local LP candidates that are running in 23, because there are still a couple hundred of them, and some of them are primed to actually knock uh, knock the incumbents out of the water. So definitely look up and see if there's anybody like at least in your area. But but then look up organizations like you are the power. Like put put some money behind this. Um, not people that are just 
spending $20,000 a month on ad buys on Facebook and YouTube, like RFK. Uh, uh, give to people that are actually doing something. Uh, and, and hopefully, maybe you can build a business that allows you to give more. I disagree. I don't think you should donate any money to local candidates. You should donate it all to You Are the Power. <laughs> um, so that I can continue. I'm a volunteer. I don't get paid. Um, but they did cover my travel. And I would like to continue being flown out to different cities across the country so that I can yell at their government. So please, donate. Please. That way I can fly into Clarksburg direct next time and not Pittsburgh. Fair enough. The... Uh pragmatic caucus outreach director still like is is a little piece of my soul because i never actually got fired from that job nobody told me you're not the outreach director anymore nobody even told me that the caucus went away so as far as i'm concerned i am the only prag caucus member left and i'm still their outreach director and i'm still gonna support local candidates a little bit um but fuck the lp isn't for the majority I don't do political parties. Yeah. I do real change. And that starts at the local level with You Are the Power and other grassroots activist organizations. I really butchered that. Wow. Yeah, that was good. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, for the most part, politics is, is completely meaningless. Um, I am a fan. There are, like I said, there are quite a few of, of the like hyper local races going on this year that are like really interesting. Um, and there, there have been some in the past that I've like really loved how like we've definitely found like some really niche people like if like say Kevin from Friends Feeding Friends ran for mayor like that that would be like a really cool race Kevin please run for mayor yes um, and maybe do it as a libertarian or, or an independent at least like don't don't do it as a Republican or a Democrat please just Kevin please run for mayor please <laughs> or Michelle or Karen or like I said all three at once together co-mayor co-mayor should be a thing it should be yeah especially when there's three because then if two of them disagree there's a tie but if there's three they can vote each other over yeah um although democracy is the god that failed yes but kevin karen and michelle please still run for co-mayors of clarksburg i'm gonna get a shit for Oh man, uh, I am I'm definitely definitely in support of taking out these trash people. Uh, though, like, yeah, I I'm really torn. Uh, this is going to be kind of off topic, but I know that you and I are fairly in in a similar boat here. So so let, let's talk about it. Um, I've spent a lot of time in the actual LP. Um, I was there for I think three years before you joined, but um, still, you know, we both put in years of work. Uh, to caucuses and, and internal campaigns and um, uh, like ex external campaigns and whatnot. And I don't believe that it's really worth it anymore and not because of anything that happened in Reno or anything else like honestly like this is this isn't my personal evolution uh, not because uh, like part of it is what's happened since but not just because of the takeover um but and like i love things like you are the power but i'm also like really excited about things like uh 
Tennessee is suing for ballot access and about to win. Maine just passed a ballot access uh, bill through their state house Senate and was signed by their governor, cutting their ballot access requirements in half. Well, a bunch of other states are jacking it up. The Maine LP wrote, sponsored, and pushed through a bill that cut it in half. And like we're we're seeing like some things like that. It's like I I. I Every time I come out, they're, they're like, they pull me back in, you know? It's like one of those things. Uh, how are you keeping yourself so, like, fuck the LP? Sure. So I, you know, I realized uh, at a point not too long ago that electoral politics just kind of wasn't my thing. Um, you know, in, in a lot of cases, I've worked for a lot of campaigns. I've managed some campaigns. I will probably end up doing it again. Um, but I think that the best way to make change is on the local level through grassroots activism. So that's why I focus on you are the power. Now, the Libertarian Party, I left because I disagree with the current leadership. So, I, you know, it, 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 it wasn't because of what happened in Reno at the National Convention because I think it started earlier than that. Um, but I do, you know, directly blame the national leadership of this party for my decision to leave. Now, you know, I like like you have put in a lot of effort and, and into the the party on the state uh, and local level um, and on the national level. So on the local level, I was my county's treasurer. On the state level, I was on the state committee representing the 13th judicial district, um, and I was uh, you know I actually ran a campaign for chair of the national party. I managed Tony DeRazio's race, um, which and he and I don't see eye to eye on everything either. But I I saw him as the best you know candidate out of the the three front runners that we had. Now, what it really came down to, though, is is the way the National Party is being researched. On the state level, there's still a lot of Libertarian parties who are doing really cool things. I know the New Jersey Libertarian Party has a project not a lot of people know about uh, where they have identified a specific type of law um, that governs, I don't remember what activity, honestly, um, it, it, that is criminalized throughout New Jersey. They've pr pretty much figured out a specific type of law that they can get uh, ruled unconstitutional and have been going city to city across the state getting it torn down. This is a fairly little known project. I just found out about Do it from an activist. Who's doing that? Like, who's in charge of I that? can find that out for you. I'm actually going to be tabling at one of their events. It's the Pumpkins and Peace event that they're doing on October 3rd. It's the day before I go to West Virginia. That sounds um, so cute. That's this Tuesday uh, at the Black Forest Inn in Stanhope, New Jersey. If you go to the New Jersey Libertarian Party website, you can find out the information and then come meet me and join You Are the Power. And uh, if you join with a paid membership at that event, I will give you a limited edition You Are the Power t-shirt uh, because we're about to change all of our merch and you will get one of the last ones and it will be a piece of history. So oh, yeah. come talk to me and join and give me money and I'll give you a t-shirt. And if I run out of t-shirts, I'll give you a pen, a silicone bracelet, and a button, I guess. Um, and I'll give you that with a t-shirt if you come early enough. So it's cool. Oh, yeah. Pumpkins um, in Peace, October 3rd. October 3rd from 3 to Stanhope, 9. Stanhope, New Jersey. Stanhope, New Jersey. 3 to 9 p.m. Yep. Nice. Um, that actually sounds, that, if, if I, uh, I might come down for that. <laughs> that sounds fun. Um, I love pumpkin shit. Yeah, so like the event, I believe, is actually geared towards like families with homeschool children. I, I could be wrong, don't quote me Ooh. on that, but I think that's what it is. Um, yeah, the homeschool kid just got interested. <laughs> My people! But, you know, like I said, you know, um, coming, coming back to, to where I was going with this, there's a lot of state parties 
um, that continue to do great things, and I support them having ballot access. I'm the one who managed the campaign that gave the Libertarians in Massachusetts ballot access, so I'm directly responsible for that. Um, and so, you know, I, I put a lot of effort into this. I was the chair of the Radical Caucus for a short period of time. I truly believe that it was the way, and, and you know what? If they're succeeding on the local level, I support it. But the National Party has moved in a direction I cannot support, with messaging I cannot support, and, and communications that I cannot support. So I will not be supporting it until there is a change. Fair enough. Um, I could really give a shit about messaging. That's why the most of the Mises people hate me too, is because like, fuck it, I don't care how, how stupid uh, Texas or Louisiana sounds, or, or, or LP National under JBS, like, and then Twitter and counts that. Honestly, like, that's how I kind of feel about messaging in general. Um, not to just shit on the entire point you made, because I think it's valid. Like, I understand people that that's, like, something that they care about, which is why I, like, empathize with Mises Caucus people that were complaining about, like, the lack of messaging during, uh, like, the 2020 stuff. Uh, but I mean, the thing that's got me like I, I'm not gonna donate to them for a while is like eating trainings and an infrastructure, like the stuff that we built. And I think it's really funny, you know. I've had members of the LP National staff on the show recently where they're like, "We're doing trainings now." And it's like, yeah, no shit. Could have been doing trainings for the last two years because we had them all set up, we had the whole thing going. Yeah, you decided to fire Kara Schultz. <laughs> well, that's the thing is they got rid of of the people who had institutional knowledge and had you know actual functional knowledge. Um, they started spending money on things that don't matter. They are not raising enough money to where you know they're they have uh, expenses that they're reporting of like forty thousand dollars to credit card bills that are not in any way itemized so we don't know what they're spending their money on but they're spending more than they're bringing in which is ridiculous i mean i get it sometimes that happens but for that to be happening consistently is is terrifying and to me i mean the breaking point was at the national convention when you know the the new leadership stepped in and the first thing they did was say hey we're not gonna keep that platform plank that says bigotry is irrational and repugnant well the current chair of the national party said that she would make this functional and not embarrassing for us I don't think she's succeeding. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. I kind of feel a little bit bad that I shouted out Brian and then kind of shat on him. <laughs> but um, I love you, Brian. And I'm really happy that you're on the staff now um, because I think you're going to do a lot of good. Um, uh, Brian McWilliams is the new comms director. Uh, so th that's, that seems to be that that is a Angela decision that I 100% stand by because he's dope. Um, but what I've seen from him is mostly like, hey, I think the Prags had a point. Um, which I don't think he'd say that out loud, <laughs> but um, I've seen that. The thing is, I've seen that from Angela quite a few times, which is some of the most refreshing stuff I've seen from her. Is like, oh yeah, maybe we should, uh, maybe we should do that thing again. Um, I don't know. Maybe there'll be a. I hope. I hope that DC catches us in the middle of a pendulum swing, because like obviously. Reno was all the way over here, complete wash. I'm hoping that rather than being here in DC, it's like here, or, or maybe even like you know only a quarter of the way down. That they, they we haven't slipped all. They haven't slipped all the way. They retain a couple of positions, but there's dissenting voices. There's a lot of those like ex Mises people uh, continue to be on the LNC instead of just resigning. 
uh, and and we can see uh, a kind of like cooperative party, but also fuck the LP and and all of that drama and join you are the power because it's more important. I was gonna say a lot of the people who are in leadership, I've had personal conversations with them. They've been nothing but cordial and professional. You know, it what it really comes down to is I think they're a little bit in over their heads. You know, they thought they could yep. do this. And they realized pretty quickly that running a national political party is a little more difficult than it seems. Same thing happened to the Prags, I think. <laughs> I, I agree. Yeah. Like, I, th- I think JBH was like, I can do this. And then he, co- he co- could kind of sort of. JBH like, was a good chair for the party, and I'll stand by Both. I almost want to agree with you. I think that he couldn't successfully run a party and run a re-election campaign and a defense campaign all at the same time. Uh, and that was an impossible task, uh, and that's why he failed. I think if he was able to just run the party, he might have been a successful chair. I, I don't think he was unsuccessful. I think he could have been more successful, but I wholeheartedly believe that Joseph Bishop, uh, Joseph Bishop Henchman was one of the best chairs that this party have, has ever had, if not the best. Uh, and honestly, generally, with the work that he's now doing with the National Taxpayers Union Foundation is inspiring, and I hope to be as much of a change for this country as he is yeah honestly like that's the other thing that kind of makes me be like not as salty about reno is because i think he's better doing what he's doing than he is his chair uh and so like all right uh a lot of the people that left i think are doing a lot more good including you (laughs) um and jason and bike to a point he he's not as anti-lp as the rest of us but um like a lot of people were like eh, okay uh and started doing other things um and i'm kind of like maybe that was for the better but there, there's like a little bit of my like anarchist accelerationist that like was also pro take to, or take over for that reason not actually pro takeover but like not anti because like all right, get all my friends out of here doing cooler shit. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like there's a trend here, right? Which is people leave electoral politics. They go work for a 501c3 or 501c4 organization, like You Are the Power, like the National Taxpayers Union Foundation, like Students for Liberty, etc. And then they do really cool things. Yeah. I I think that escaping the, the trap of, of electoral politics is allowing a lot of people uh, to create much more change and, and much more tangible change um that are in you know electoral politics because it's a natural entry point for i don't like how my world works i want to change it that's where people start but for a lot of people they realize that hey this isn't for me i'm going to go do something else it's a little more effective yeah and i think the the key word of what you just said is tangible change uh because like infrastructure building is not tangible change ever like nothing that we did on the new york state committee tangibly changed anything although i do think that in a couple of ways the state committee did some good things in our combined tenure um because there was a little bit of overlap but you were there after me for quite a while um they did some cool things in that time Uh, but like nothing tangible I think one of my first meetings on the state committee was the one where you were removed <laughs> removed or replaced well removed like, and then re- someone else was appointed okay um so like me resigning not me like losing to nota 
Yeah, no. I, okay. Yeah. Because you weren't on that meeting, were you? No, no. <laughs> but we were like, hey, David's not in there anymore, so let's bring on whoever it was. Patricia. Yes. <laughs> Actually, I might... I don't know. I remember that meeting happening, but I don't think I was on the state committee when that happened. Interesting. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, because I also lost a Noda like two years prior to that. Well, that's the thing. It's like funny, the fact that I, I can't remember this is because the state committee and of the LPNY has done nothing memorable or remarkable that is tangibly changing New York. I yeah. love the state committee. So many people on that are my friends. I love you guys, but y'all ain't doing shit for New York. I know you're trying, but you're not. And I have heard from some people recently that there are some really great things in the works, and I'm really excited to see how they work, how they go. Um, the Empire State Freedom Summit is happening again. That was introduced for the first time two years ago in 2021. And it's a non-convention. There's not really any party business. I mean, there is some. Um, but the main thing is to get together a group of activists and a group of people who are changing their community around the country, getting them in a room and having them talk to each other. That's really cool. The local change that Dwayne Whitmer is pioneering in Erie County and the, you know, Western New York in general is really cool. But the three-hour Zoom meetings where you talk about the wording of one little bylaw that doesn't mean anything, that's not cool. Yeah, so I'm going to make a point that I made, I want to say, like, March of 2021 on the LPPA Macy's Caucus podcast. Um which is if you actually want to do some shit why would you bog yourself down with bylaws and and uh like organizational meetings and things that are absolutely 100 percent legally necessary to actually eventually run candidates and do all this other shit like we need a state committee especially in new york like the size of the state committee is by state law which is stupid as fuck because it's huge for no reason um and luckily, our bylaws allow our executive committee to do a decent amount without, like, the whole state committee. But we have a 52, 53-person state committee. I think it's a little more than that. Uh, I yeah, because I think it's gone, it's gone up because it goes up based on membership. Um, and somehow we're still adding members, which is kind of neat. Um, but, yeah, like, wh why do we have 60 people on the state committee? That makes no sense. Uh, but it's by state law. And so... If what you want to do is messaging or local change or, um, you know, feeding homeless people, uh, you know, you don't don't do the this to, to end up, uh, you know, I guess feeding homeless people. It's more of a dig to like DSA Green Party types um, like you're not going to do anything by like slowly getting people elected and then like state assembly and then eventually pass a we feed all the homeless people bill. Just feed the homeless people in your community and and inspire the people in the community next door to do the same and so on and so forth um and like that was my point to the mises caucus when the takeover really first launched i was invited on that podcast it's what got branded me as a nazi by most of the loser brigade and i made that point to them that like everything that they want to do they could do easier just under the mises pack than ever taking over the party just keep doing that grow the pack make it bigger in 2021 they put on uh, like auxiliary events at like 20 something state conventions that were bigger and better than the state conventions that they were auxiliary events of at least half of them were and um like i talked uh, about that with dave last time i was like 
why don't we just do that? <laughs> Fuck the parties. Let's put on some events. Let's put on some rallies. Let's put on some pumpkin and, and love fest. Is that what it was? No, pumpkins what? and peace. Pumpkins and peace. Um, I think it's really cool that we've got people like Chris Franzak running for president, and we can like maybe expand on that kind of thing. And we've got people like Dave who are like comedians and like other uh, people that do things that are cool that can bring out crowds like organizing and making things happen and i think to your point about like the freedom summit is just like getting people together at, at the same place and getting to like actually meet face to face absorb like mannerisms and and actual like interpersonal connection makes a such a difference and like i don't know about you but after the freedom summit that they did two years ago like even though it's not my best weekend <laughs> on a personal level not my best weekend in life um i had i had you and i had ben which was helpful uh and like a bunch of other people that i hadn't seen in a while and like a bunch of people that were there doing cool stuff tony made his announcement for chair there which was kind of fun to watch oh, happen uh it, actually no it wasn't it was boring as fuck um i love you tony but jesus christ that was terrible um but it was cool because we were there for the moment and it's like like, I could have watched that Facebook live stream from my house, but I know for a fact I wouldn't have. <laughs> and, but, but actually it was Ben who was like, I want to watch this. And I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> well, the thing is that, you know, we, when we went into the pandemic, we kind of switched everything to happening online. Mm-hmm. And we need to break the fuck out of that because yep. that never worked. It worked this for some people. This is the most people. upbeat episode that this show has ever ever had this tops like even my episodes with like scott horton there has like been twice as many words in this episode as my last episode with scott because like we're in we're person this is great and yeah. I, I hope the sound is all right for you guys um i know he's echoing a little bit into my mic because my mic is like really really strong for whatever fucking i'm also reason. like turning towards him and like talking at his mic yeah. a little bit which i'm going to try not to do uh, as much oh like, no it won't it won't help you guys there's no like sound cancellation if i had this room padded or something no, no. then you wouldn't be echoing all over the place but what it comes down to is that it killed first of all it killed education you know as someone who has mm. taken like college classes during the pandemic online that was terrible <laughs> you know it was so easy to zone out and not pay attention or completely lose track of what's going on but also like for for you know the better part of a year in most places and in places like new york for really even longer we were at home all day every day without any contact with the people around us how are you supposed to communicate with people and organize and create change in your community if you're a shutin who forgot how to talk to people <laughs> you know and so you know i i understand most libertarians didn't know how to talk to people to begin with well and so, you know, I, I understand the utility of Zoom for something like a state committee meeting in New York, you know, where there's people all over the place. It's a lot easier to do that than have everyone meet in one city at the same time. I get that. Um, but we need to have in-person events because we need to, con- you know, continue to develop our speech skills our social skills social skills are what make humans so different from every other species it's why we're the ones who built cities and not bears ewoks build cities though <sighs> they're basically bears but with the in- <laughs> with social skills yeah. ewoks are bears with social skills huh yeah that's true really cute social skills <laughs> see it's not the human race that makes us able to build cities 
it's the social skills. Because to build, you need to be able to communicate. One guy didn't build the pyramids in Egypt. There's a bunch of dudes. Well, no, one alien built the pyramids in Egypt. <laughs> you are the power does not necessarily agree with uh, or disagree with any conspiracies uh, presented within this show. Um, but Spike, however, might. We'll see. We gotta ask him. I have a boss to report to. I'm not gonna mess this up. <laughs> <laughs> um love you dad um he he does believe i think i think he believes that one person built a hatchery somewhere once <laughs> but i'll have to double check on the story with that so folks um spike cohen most people don't know this he worked at a hatchery mm-hmm. um and i and, uh, honey, 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 honey. so it's it's not my it's not my place to give you guys the details but if you run into spike cohen at an lp event at a year of the power event at another event that he's speaking at uh, and you get a chance to speak with him and you know first of all say hi uh and second of all tell him that tom and david asked you to ask him about the hatchery that he used to work for yeah or don't name drop us just ask out of the blue that'll be He'll actually know. more fun yeah <laughs> just blame tom yeah, just, hey spike it is a pleasure to meet you can i get a selfie and then you take a selfie and you go hey i have a quick question can you tell me about the hatchery that you used to work for just just ask him that i promise you you will not be disappointed yeah it'll be a good time good time will be had by all and um for legal reasons that was not a promise yeah, that's fair. I mean, it depends on how uh, how good of a sense of humor we <laughs> If you're Tasha Cohen, a good time will not be had <laughs> at all. Dude, that's the other story in L.A. Because um, he told uh, Judd and Stacia about the hatchery um, in, in L.A. And about halfway through, Ovens and Tasha walked into the room. And you know that meme from The Simpsons where he, like, walks in, puts his hat and coat on the thing, like, turns around, picks it back up, puts it on, and walks out the door? That was Tasha. As soon as she heard that he was going for an and turned around and walked out. She was, like, trying to get the keys to go home. She was like, I don't even, I don't even want to hear enough of the story to, like, walk over and interrupt it. Uh, I love you guys. But, um, you know... When I need motivation, I remember the strength that Spike Cohen's wife, Tasha, has. And the pure stamina that it takes her to live with him. I love you both. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Same with Kelsey. Um, and Jason. Um, libertarians who marry libertarians are one thing though but i feel like a libertarian who married a non-libertarian like spike and tasha yeah although i don't know exactly where tasha is politically i just know she obviously she's from canada she wasn't part of the american libertarian party yeah um well i mean i think i mean all of them in a way and somehow weirdly both jason and kelsey fall into this category of all libertarians marry up for the most part it's like an 80 20 rule Jason married up. Yeah. I only really said that because I was friends with Kelsey first. Oh, that's fair. See, I was friends with, I think I was friends with Jason first. Um, but, yeah, I mean, all libertarians marry up. Like, JBH did, Spike did. Um, yeah, it's it's yeah. just like, it's just an across the board rule. Nick Starwark did. Nick Starwark did. That was the next name I was going to say. 
Uh, <laughs> love you, Nick and Val. Um, my last guest, Austin Peterson, definitely did. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but he's a Republican now. That's true, but he's still he's he, he was a Libertarian when he met her, so he was still follow he still fell into the rule. And then uh, <laughs> now that I think about it, every Libertarian I know married up. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a, a this is a thing we've talked about on the show actually before, um, and definitely on fight. Well, yeah, because you can't get that much lower. That's true. Um, also, um, most of the libertarians that I know that married up turned their apolitical, better-looking, smarter spouses into libertarians also, and we doubled the movement. It <laughs> so just keep it going. takes time sometimes. Um, I know Spike is still working on it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you don't have to make them actively libertarian. That's true. I just wanted to dunk on Spike a little bit. <laughs> Love you, Spike. <laughs> All right, before we wrap up, um, tell everybody again where they can uh, register to be a part of your The Power, where uh, Spike is going to be soon, where you're going to be soon, uh, where they should like go find out, and why they should spend the next 14 years of their life dedicated to this organization. Sure. So if you see this before September 30th, then that's our next event that we're doing, uh, which is a kind of peace march through Columbia, South Carolina in support of Be Kind, Be Great. So you can go to the You Are The Power social media, just type in You Are The Power, um, or our website, youarethepower.net, and find out information on that. Um, then October 3rd, I will be tabling for You Are The Power at the Pumpkins and Peace event in Stanhope, New Jersey. October 3rd from 3 to 9 at the Black Forest in I think it's on US 209. Um, and then most importantly, October 5th is our uh, next protest in Clarksburg, West Virginia. We are going to war. We will win. So meet me October 5th uh, at 5 p.m. You can find the website uh, on our website, I believe, or on, definitely on our social media, youarethepower.net. Um, and if you go to yourthepower.net slash membership, you can join as a member for free or you can give us money because we love money. Uh, love money. We, we, we love having the resources we need to fight government overreach and corruption and police corruption and city council corruption and every kind of corruption that there is um, on the government level. My personal favorite to fight is police corruption. But again, youarethepower.net. And... You can just text me at 917-727-1255 and I will give you the information if you personally text me, especially if you're in the Northeast. If you're from a different part of the region, then like go find your own regional organizer. You can also do that on our website. Uh, we have Brandon Deal down in the Southeast. He's awesome. Uh, we have Mimi Robson uh, in California. She's uh, to meet her finally. Yeah, she's awesome. She's got the West region, but every 50 state is one. Uh, every one of our 50 states is one of our regions. So Go to our website, become a member. If you're in the Northeast, then connect with me. I know it sounds crazy that I'm giving out my cell number, but like it's publicly available, and I'm pretty sure it's on our website. So 917-727-1255. You can text me, and I will give you everything you need. But please don't call me at like 7 in the morning. Please. Please. <laughs> please. What he means by that is call him at 6. Well, no, usually six o'clock is around the time I'm getting off the phone with you. <laughs> <laughs> That's valid. Um, yep, so definitely go to youarethepower.net uh, and sign up. 
uh, slash membership and sign up or just youarethepower.net. Look at everything. It's cool. Um, Y-A-T-P official on Twitter, I know. Uh, and follow, subscribe, do all the things. Go subscribe to Spike's YouTube. Go like every video he's ever posted and like every tweet and just like make a really crazy, hectic day um, for Sierra. Uh, there we go. Tomorrow. Uh, and if you give us five, I think it's 500 bucks. If you give us 500 bucks, Spike will Spike call, will call you. you. Yeah, definitely. And then when he calls you, you can ask him about the hatchery. Yes, yes definitely. Spend, wait, that, that is the most valuable thing you could ask about in that phone call because it is it's such a key point in his life. Um, him moving from <laughs> is like something that he will always remember. And so to definitely do that. And then come on back next week. We've got Pat Ford talking about the coalition. Uh, and then the week after that, we've got possibly Chris Franzak, definitely Ben Weir talking about the Franzak for President campaign and why uh, we've got death metal artists running for president under the LP banner. It's going to be fucking great. So come on back for that. But uh, until then, while you're at it, keep up the fight. Shut up and sit down.